Hello, everybody, and good morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're joining us, as the good Dr. Tedros says from the World Health Organization. I'm so super excited today. I have one of my very best friends, Lady Martinez. I have been begging Lady for over a year to join us on the podcast. And, you know, life takes us in all kinds of different directions. Um, but finally, to wrap up the final session of this series on the ICD-10 guidelines, I get to conclude with my good friend, Lady. So thank you so much, Lady, for being with me. I'm so super excited. I'm not going to lie. I am so excited, too, to be here. And, and it was such a, like, I'm so honored to, you know, that you invite me. So thank you. I appreciate it. And thanks, true. We've been, like, waiting, like, over a year. Like, right, we have already scheduled it. But then something happened. And, like, life happens. And, you know, we have to cancel it. But, you know, it, it came when it's supposed to came. So I'm happy to be here. Well, I can't thank you enough. And and for those of you that don't know Lady Martinez, I want you to connect with her on LinkedIn. She is our national social butterfly. Um, you will never meet a better friend, a better resource, a better networking partner than Miss Lady Martinez. And when you get an opportunity, please go on LinkedIn and, and look at her story how inspiring you are from, from coming from another country and learning a language and learning, then learning another language of billing and coding. And to where you are today, my friend, the pride that I have for you is, is just amazing. So we're getting a lot of comments coming in of how much we all love you and appreciate you. And we're so proud of you. And thank you for being in our world. I am so happy to be in this industry. Honestly, I feel like a Every time since I become a APC member, it completely changed my life. And then, you know, like uh, people come from another country and anyone, like they always just to call like the American dream, right? We, yeah. what is the, so I honestly can tell you today that I'm living my American dream. So, I'm so proud I, of you, my friend. Vision, and then they had a vision to give a better life for me. And then, uh, and then I can tell I've been getting more successful and the sky's the limit. So there's two more to come you know, about me. So <laughs> I'm happy. Well, you're joining me on a very important day. This is National Be Nice or Do Something Nice Day. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to have to remind those that are not so nice that they have an obligation today. Uh, also, today is uh, National Apple Betty Day. I don't know what an Apple Betty is. Do you know what an Apple Betty is? I know. What is that? Like, we're going to have to know. Like, Hopefully one of the listeners can tell us what the, the Apple Betty Day is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll have to ask Terry Fletcher. She knows everything. So we'll say, what is Apple Betty Day? Terry, let I us know. know. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about the final section of the guidelines together. And, you know, reading the guidelines as much as I do, we all know Christine's a big nerd. She loves the guidelines. Um, I think section four often gets overlooked. And a lot of the answers to the questions that coders and billers have on a regular basis are actually answered in section four. I, I don't know why they don't move it to section one and then maybe nobody asked me. So how am I supposed to know? I, I Do you feel you. that way? Do you feel that some of the tricks or the tips that we need, you know, what, what code comes first? Exactly. And I think it's just summarized. And if you have to like the way I see the section four, it just, 
it's summarized to what is the first listed diagnosis? What happened on today? Like you always say, what is the reason for the visit? What did happen? So I think it's summarized to that. What is, and then, you know, there are terms that you use interchangeably, like first listed diagnosis as primary or principal diagnosis. They're all the same term. It is the same thing, but, you know, depending on the type of setting, that's how you use them. Right. So like it, when we use the word principal, we're talking about inpatient as exactly. the principal. And we, when Sandy and, um, uh, and Joni and I, we had a chat about that last, uh, two weeks ago about principal and how that relates in inpatient. But in an outpatient world or in an office world, we talk about the first listed code. And, and that's mm -hmm. a head scratcher because yeah. remember, providers don't always know what order things should be in. And that's why they've got us, the coder billers, right? Um, yep. To identify what is that reason for the visit today, today, right? Yes. And then depends on type of the setting too, because, you know, there's, there's codes that like, you know, like in the outpatient, like for um same day surgery, you know, there's going to be like, what is the reason? What's the indication for the surgery? That is your main diagnosis. But then you have things like, well, then you have the observation state, or then you have the ambulatory you know, surgery center. So when they have the most different diagnosis, even though the, the pre-op was one, but then the post-op is different, then you have to code the most different, which is your post-op. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that can be kind of confusing for people is, mm -hmm. is to understand that um, the, the first listed diagnosis should be the reason for the surgery. But then we also have that guidance that we code the post-op diagnosis, um, which again would relate to the reason that we're having that surgery. And it's also really important because I think um, one of the things that my students tell me all the time, lady, is when we talk about the seventh character and how it is an active, um, initial encounter is really active encounter. A lot of the questions I get are, well, what about the day we fix it? Do we code it as active or do we code it as now healing? Because today is the day that it transitioned. And it's yep. wonderful that the guidance is actually in section four. Right? Yep. So we're going to go with active fractured wrist that we're healing today. But that's the reason that the patient is here today is to get that active fracture set, right? And I say fracture because that's the easiest one that comes to mind. Yeah, no, and it is true because, you know, those fractures they have, and then they have even the, the injuries that they have sequela or, you know, then it's important to also know if this is the first, like the first problem, the first injury, or is it sequela or is it healing? Then you have to kind of be more making sure that the providers are documenting everything. You know, and then when there's not enough information, best thing is to query the provider to get clarification. Yeah, yeah. And I tell providers, you know, just, just, just tell me the story. Just tell me. Patients here today because they fractured their wrist. Um, we're going to set the fracture today. We're also very conscious that the patient's blood pressure has been elevated because they've been in a lot of pain lately. Um, you know, that has maybe caused... Um, them to to not 
be walking around as much, or maybe they've got other joint pain from an, an injury, an accident that they had. Uh, and all of that is relevant to the visit. However, the most important thing that we need to get done today is set that fracture, get yes. that patient out of, out of pain, because then these, those other problems will start to resolve themselves, we hope, you know. So that's going to be our sequencing there. And I love that. And, and um, there's other things in this section that they kind of help us out with. So they talk again about signs and symptoms. Exactly. So the, for the signs and symptoms, I think, you know, they have to remember a couple things that you can code what is like probable, suspected, questionable, or, you Maybe know, looks like terms like, even if, if they sometimes they might come in for, for a symptom and they might take a couple visits until you actually get a definitive diagnosis. Absolutely. That's right. And, and until we get the definitive diagnosis, you know, it's, it's important to, to focus on those signs and symptoms that we're trying to find out what the problem is or relieve them at least until we get to the problem. I mean, that's really important for me. I'm a major crybaby, So I want you to deal with my signs and symptoms first. Um, yeah. Another thing that we got to remember is that when we do have a diagnosis, so I don't know about you, but when, when I have like an upper respiratory infection, that is, is symbolized by my congestion, my mm -hmm. fatigue, my irritability, my, all of those things that go with an upper respiratory sneezing or yeah. coughing or, and when we treat the upper respiratory, Voila! All my symptoms go away. Yeah, right? and then that's something that you you don't code anymore. Even though those symptoms were there, they're part of the they're part of the problem. So you know, it's already like the doctor already diagnosed you with upper um URI. So it's it's no need for you to add in more diagnosis to that you know to the claim. Right, and the the antibiotic that they prescribe or the antiviral they prescribe for the upper respiratory, again, voila, cures. Yeah the coughing, the sneezing, the runny nose, the irritability, the, mm, the fatigue, all of that is cured by the treatment of the definitive diagnosis. And so it, they're redundant, irrelevant, and they in themselves don't really require any other treatment beyond what we're doing for the definitive diagnosis. So it kind of, it kind of gums things up. It doesn't add to the complexity. Yes, I agree with that. What about when a patient goes, this is for you. What about when a patient goes to the doctor and they're not there for a, a, a disease, injury, or illness? They're there for something else. Well, then you have those cases when you have maybe like they come in for an encounter, a specific encounter. Maybe they're, they're treated for chemotherapy or therapeutic services. So you have, there's the symptoms, you know, and then you have to remember you have your section one and two of the guidelines and those take precedence over section four. So it is, you know, like the chemotherapy, let's say, for example, patient mm -hmm. coming for chemotherapy, even though the reason for the encounter is to treat the malignancy, the patient is here for a treatment of a chemotherapy, which that one becomes your primary diagnosis. And then your malignancy is the sequence second. So, I mean, that those are the, you know, some of the samples that I can give when it comes to um, encounters for, like the reason for encounters. How about the old wives tale and, and okay. So I've been in this industry a really long time and I remember being told 
Christine, you cannot use a Z code. Insurance doesn't pay for it. Um, what do you have to tell people about that? That is incorrect. Well, there's then you have some of the codes, and I'm gonna tell you something. There's worth nothing if you don't understand the different notations. There are some publishers, and since we have so many different types of publishers on the ICD-10, we have Optum, we have AAPC, and they use it. So they have different icons and symbols, and then some of them. Then I think Optum use uh, PDX as primary mm -hmm. diagnosis. I think um, APC has it on a symbol with a Z dash one, which means that code is your primary diagnosis. It can be your first listed diagnosis as the reason for the encounter. So mm -hmm. if you pay attention to those symbols, if you're utilizing your books, pay attention, be familiarized with those symbols, notations, and that ledgers on the bottom of your books. So because it might have some information and you wonder sometimes, what do this symbol means next to the code? Well, then you have your ledger on the bottom, so making sure. So so a student actually asked me, it was a reason for a chemotherapy, and she's like, well, why do I have to list the, the C5111? I was like, let me ask you one thing. What is the reason for the visit? What are the doctors doing that day? So you have to ask those questions. When you're coding or billing, ask the question to yourself. What am I coding? What is the patient here for? That should be your number one question. And then you will get that. Absolutely. And, and, and I say the exact same thing. And the other thing I want to remind you is that this is the business of medicine. The world of healthcare is constantly evolving. Yes. Nothing is the same. And, and from ICD-9 to ICD-10, we saw huge changes. So if you've been in this industry back in an ICD-9 world, you know, maybe there was some truth to those encounter codes, maybe because, or even before the Affordable Care Act. Think about that, friends. Before the Affordable Care Act, where we did pay for so many preventive services, some of those rules may be true. So I'm not yeah. saying that, you know, when you learn from your mentor, these terms like you can't use Z codes, that may have been true in the world of ICD-9, in the world before the Affordable Care Act. Yes. But things have changed, my friends. And that's why you hear me say dozens of times, you've got to read your guidelines once a year. What has changed? That is the only constant in this industry is change. We can never keep doing things the way we used to keep doing things because those things change. There's new ways. There's new guidance. There's new allowances. So we've got to be conscious about that. And that's why it's it's so important that you can't, you know, in, in the coding world, in the billing world, you can't really memorize codes. You know, you might be able to reduce them repetitive and you're like, okay, but you have to kind of remember that the guidelines changes. So every October 2020, like every October of the year, you have to get ready, read those guidelines and see maybe that code changed and then maybe they add a, a seven digit or maybe they add a six, five, you never know. So don't just stuck with that. Well, I always done it this way. There's no way that you cannot do that. You just hit it on the head. One of the things that, that is so important, <clears throat> not only do the codes change their, their, their designation, but we also have a lot of guidance that changes within the codes, within the tabular section. So this year we saw a lot of exclude one conditions being moved to exclude two conditions, meaning that we can report that condition with the primary code. Yes. We also saw a lot of 
uh, use an additional code. What what we see when we have a, a diagnosis that says other. Well, if it's mm-hmm. an other, it means that maybe there's more or due to that there's more that needs to be reported there uh, besides. So, so again, I think that knowing the changes are the key and, and the changes are going to happen to you every year. Yes. And then what I always tell, you know, there's one thing that I tell the students that I help and in, in the build curriculum, I always tell, be ready to read a lot. Like, if you're not like reading, then maybe this industry is not for you because coding is all about reading. You have to spend some time reading there. You need to understand the guidelines. When do they change? How do they change and how is going to affect the practice, wherever you are and whatever specialty you are? It might some of the codes might not change for that year, but they might will. And then you never know. But it's the best thing you can do is to keep yourself up to date. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And, and I'm glad that we're covering this section as well, because um, I think that this is the perfect opportunity to share that change, things that are changing. We have uh, our, our ICD-10's birthday was four days ago on the first. Happy birthday, ICD-10. Um, oh, yeah. And with the birthday celebration comes the celebration of new codes, new guidance, new guidelines that were added this year. And, and I hope all of you are reaching out to your AAPC chapters and you are attending one of the amazing um, webinars that are being produced by all of the AAPC chapters on these updates. So very important, guys. It's, it's one of the things that you do for yourself, for your career, that you are up to date on this information. And then I'm going to give you one better. And lady, I think you're going to appreciate this. Mm-hmm. Go back and teach somebody. There, you know that there's somebody in the office that's not going to read the guidelines. You know that there's that one person, right? So share your knowledge. That's what makes us powerful. That's what makes us great friends, great colleagues. We're looking out for each other. Make sure you share that information with them. Yes. And if you have tips on how do you notate your guidelines, you know, like I just recently found out that Kimberly shares something with me, Kimberly Jolivan, our, our dear friend. And then mm-hmm. I, I was like, it, I feel good when I feel like, okay, so now I can find another way to get the guidelines. And then it is always good when you share your knowledge with others, because there's no more, there's no reason for you to like hoard the knowledge. And if you learn something, you want to like expand it to others. I mean, what's the purpose of just keeping just for yourself? There's no purpose. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, A couple of other things in this section I want to go back to uh, is I want to talk a little bit about the diagnostic services. So a lot of times um, I I will see providers who order annual diagnostic services and and I'm a fan. It's good medicine. Uh, I think it's important to remind providers that that a lot of patients benefits don't include routine, right? So routine checking blood, routine x-rays, routine things that are not for the diagnosis and treatment of a a condition that we're either evaluating or that we know of. So I think that in section four, it's a great place to remind us that we are going to, what that sequencing should look like when we're bringing the patient in for diagnostic services during an encounter. 
It is true. And then, you know, when I was getting myself ready, just to kind of go over the guidelines, I had to bring mom for myself, you know, just to prepare for this uh, interview. So I was looking into when you're coding for medical examination. So if the patient has an abnormality findings, you also have to, it, it tells you. Then I I had this conversation with someone, uh, one of my coworkers a few months ago. And then she was telling me like, well, they're coming in for a, a physical you know, and annual preventative service, and then it's the C0, whatever, right? But they said, but mm -hmm. they find, find it an abnormality. And I said, well, you have to also call it the abnormality. It doesn't right. necessarily mean that the abnormality was addressed, but it was finding during the course of the treatment of the, you know, physical exam. So you you also have to code it because you were telling us, yeah. and the story has to be told the right way. But it started and it initiated with... Yeah. A, a screening or, or a, you know, the diagnostic service. So the Z code really does tell the story that they came in for this routine uh, lab. But during the routine lab, we also found that they're a carrier of or that they, you know, maybe have a little bit of an elevation. We're not doing anything about it, but we're going to watch it. Um, the doctor might choose to do a good talking to. Wait a minute. That's what happened to me. <laughs> okay, so if your glucose is a little elevated, your doctor may have the talk with you that you cannot eat the entire birthday cake, even though it was your birthday and you really loved it. Fine. So again, doesn't necessarily mean that they treated that condition like you said, but we did the screening and the screening told what was going on. I love to do that, lady. Yes. I love my husband is is really that kind of guy that he goes into the doctor and he says, oh, you know, I'm great. You know, I, I, I run five miles a day. Um, I eat wonderful. I eat salads three times a day. No, right? you know, he, he goes and he says this great story and then they do the routine blood work and the doctor's got to come back and go, you know, Chris, let's talk, man. Yes. Um, you're not exercising. You're, you're not eating salads three times a day. Um, so we found some things here and we need to address them and do them. And, and you should see my poor husband. He's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. That's amazing. No, I, my, my father used to be like that. Every time I used to go to his appointment and he was saying to the doctor, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then he pulled up the lab report and I was like, no, you're not fine. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, it tattletales. It always tattletales. Right. Like, understand like exactly what you're talking about because my dad used to do that all the time and i was like dad please just tell him the truth you don't even take your medication sometimes right <laughs> who is this man talking to the doctor yeah. right yeah. But it's important though that we report it the correct way it was routine and then during routine you got told on you know um so the other thing is what about when you're receiving therapeutic services i am possibly the longest PT OT patient that ever existed. I think I have been in PT and OT since, well, shortly after I got here. Um, and a lot of times I'm just going for strengthening. A lot of times I'm just going because I want to avoid the, the symptoms that I have. Um, and it's important that we report that visit that way, that they're there for physical therapy um, whether it's a, a physical occupational therapy, what, it, what are we doing today? What does that diagnosis code look like? And then you said it earlier, what about those other therapeutics like chemotherapy, immunotherapy, radiation therapy? How do we list those things? 
Yeah. And there's those, then that's what I'm saying. So it's important to understand your section one and two of the guidelines because that gives you very more clear. But then this sections of the section four, it kind of like reminding you, like, this is what you do in those type of cases, but there's exemption to the rules. Like you, you know, like even though you have a definitive diagnosis, there's exemption to the rule. You have to code what is the reason for the visit, what is encountered. Even you might not have a, a more definite, like the definitive diagnosis is there, but it's not related to that reason for the visit. All right. Before we go, there's two things I want to talk about. One, preoperative, pre-op visits. How do we code the pre-op visit? What's the right way to code it? You have to code the C code. And then if there's any findings, then you 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 sequence those ones. Like if you find, like, let's say, for example, they come in for pre-op or uh, cardiac clearance, and then they find an abnormality of, like, checks and the checks x-rays. You have to code the C code, and then anything that they find it, you sequence that one after the first listed diagnosis. Or even if they're asking you to to clear the person from a cardiac perspective or because they have hypertension, we would use the Z code followed by the hypertension. That's stable, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about are the zoo codes. Um, and that one, you know, is often misunderstood. I see a lot of times that people will code the Z00.01 or the equivalent, the Z00.129 um, for those, or 121, for those visits where we know a patient has chronic conditions. And, and it's actually quite the opposite. Yes. Um, when we enter into a preventive visit, so the annual physical, annual wellness visit, any of those child screenings, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we're reporting what's happening today. Yeah. The diagnosis code are very clear. They are a, a, a preventative visit, encounter for preventive service with abnormal findings today or without abnormal findings today. If yeah. we knew about it before they came in, we didn't find it today. Right? Yeah. And so, then it have to kind of like remember that there are so many times that the patient's going to have already chronic conditions but like you're saying does it really happen today am i addressing that am i assessing that so the doc you know if it's not documented you can't sometimes you see that there's they copy and paste or you know those notes or they just carry over diagnosis just because you carried over diagnosis that doesn't mean that constitute for you to put it on the record i mean yeah or that you can code it it was just a carry on diagnosis. So you have to review really like, like tunnel vision, making sure that why you're coding, why you're billing is correctly. And just like, you know, like a lot of people said, just because it's billable, that doesn't mean it's payable. And, and the other thing I tell people, lady, is um, I don't fight with my providers anymore. <laughs> when they carry those diagnoses over, think about what your role is. If I'm the biller, I'm only going to report those diagnoses that were actually supported or evaluated or treated or managed today. Yeah, Although the doctor might feel that they need to carry over every problem in the problem list. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's their documentation. From a billing perspective on the claim form, we only want to report those diagnoses that are supported for 
today. So don't fight with them. I say yeah. don't fight with them. If they want to put down every condition the patient's ever had in that in that um, assessment there, uh, from a billing perspective, and, and, and it might be hard for our coders because our coders might be like, well, that was not supported today. And then you follow the coding rules. We follow the guidelines. We don't report those that were not addressed today, even though they're they're listed there. We have to, at some point, make sure that we represent what is actually addressed at yes. the visit, what is actually monitored at the visit and apply those to the claim form. So I hope that brings some people a little bit of clarity. Stop fighting. Let the yeah. providers put whatever they want on there. But we know from a coding perspective, we code those that meet the requirements for coding for today. And from a billing perspective, we report those diagnoses, those diagnosis pointers for those conditions that we addressed, managed, treated today. Exactly. And sometimes huh. you're going to have our conditions that they are re uh, relevant to the, to the first listed diagnosis. So you code those ones because they're relevant. They're, they're right. going to make a difference in their influence factors and in the, in the treatment of the patient. So Say that they, one more time. Their influence. Say it. Yeah. Say it. <laughs> right, that's lady's word. Influence factors for today's visit. Yes. And not that we, again, I have to remind coders and billers that even though we have great relationships with our providers, we are not mind readers. Although mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be honest, I, I think my husband thinks I'm a mind reader because he, he comes to me a lot with the, you know, you know yeah. what? I, I admit nothing. Um, but same thing with our providers. We're not mind yep. readers. So we, we are very limited to what is documented at today's visit. Um, and so that that's something that we need to focus on as well. Uh, and these section of the guidelines, I think, are the perfect complement to yes. section one, section two and three, and section yep. four. So yep. uh, it's, it's, in, it's in its entirety. It's true. Well, lady, guess what? But we're at the end of our show. Wow, it went so quick. I wow, I'm like speechless. <laughs> um, there we've got a couple of events coming up, don't we? Um, yes. Your AEPC chapter has a star-studded, stunning uh, group that is going to be meeting. Is it uh, this weekend? You're going to be meeting weekend, this weekend, Saturday. this Saturday. You have yes. got the amazing Ray Marie yes. Jimenez. Congratulations. I, I cannot wait to hear what she has to say. My dear friends, Betty Hovey and Sono Patel, that's going to yes. be absolutely incredible. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm so excited for your workshop. We have a discount code for you that want to attend. So please make sure you are using the promo code Christine15. Oh, I like that. Christine15. Um, yeah, we want to make sure you're using that discount code. You're going to get a discount on uh, attending this wonderful, wonderful workshop. Thank you so much, Irvine Chapter, for putting this together. Um, the next thing that we're, you and I are going to be presenting. At, yes. Um, yes at the Healthcare Colloquium. And again, we're gonna have our good friends, Betty Hovey, Sonal Patel is gonna be there. Um, Natasha Timberlake is speaking. Um, 
uh, oh, Paul Montenegro, I, everyone. We're going to have uh, Gabriel uh, uh, Ponte Moberg. Oh, I love Gabe. Oh, Jennifer McNamara, Ke uh, Keisha Wilson. <laughs> Wonderful. Tracy Beto, she's going to be there. Pam Vanderbilt, Leslie Bowles, Leslie Bowles. Yay. Yeah. Missy Kirshner. My friend. Oh, I love you. Um, um, Linda Renner. Mrs. Turner is going to be there. Oh, Dr. Rosenstock is going to be there as well. You it's and I, Remica Ramsey, Kelly Shu, Jessica Burke. Uh, is there anybody that's not there? I mean, seriously. I mean, I feel like honored to be among all of these amazing titans of coding. John Pazowski. <laughs> wow. I love John. What a beautiful, beautiful heart he has. Yes. And he is our cardiology guru, right? Yes. Uh, our cardiology leader. <laughs> That's right. So make sure that you are signing up for the colloquium. The colloquium is next weekend. So this weekend, Irvine, uh, Orange Irvine chapter next weekend. It, pardon? Oh, November. Sorry. Next month. Next month. Sorry. Next month. Thank you. Um, we have the the uh, healthcare colloquium. Uh, you're not going to want to miss these two events, guys. They're going to be absolutely fantastic. Yes. All right. All right, my friend. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I was, this was amazing. Thank you. I thank you. And our listeners, thank you. Thank you so much, lady. And uh, for any of you that are not friends with Lady on LinkedIn, please make sure that you are joining Lady on LinkedIn. She is a wealth. I, I love your daily um, motivational <laughs> quotes that you provide to us. And I'm not the only one. I know you've got a, a following who love to start our days with your motivational quotes. Um, and there's Lady's email there if you need to reach Lady and get in touch with her. All right, everyone. We'll Ready? see you again in two weeks. Have a Bye -bye. wonderful, wonderful week. Bye -bye. Thanks for watching.